the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You keep stumbling, and God keeps blessing. How does that happen, and why? Let's talk about that next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. It's amazing. We keep stumbling. God keeps forgiving. But he doesn't stop at simple forgiveness. He goes on to bless, actually. Why God can keep blessing his stumbling saints is the subject of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We have a total of 12 reasons we're focusing on, reasons one through six, for the subject of our time today. Please join us for this weekend edition of Truth For Today. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. Teacher, teacher, can I get a drink? Is that the same as teacher, teacher, may I get a drink? Can the teacher could say, well, I hope you can get a drink. I hope you can walk. I hope you can get to the drinking fountain. It doesn't mean I'm going to let you, but I hope you can do that. It speaks of ability. May speaks of permission. May I? Can I get your permission to get out of my seat and go get a drink? And to say, you have my permission to a cripple would not mean they can get a drink, but they've got permission to. And what he's saying here is, no man can come to the Father. The only ones that come to the Son is through those the Father extends his power and he gives you the strength to come. Because you can't even come unless he enables you in faith, in repentance, in trust. So, this Trinity of ours, God, it's amazing. Why did he just say the Spirit does it? He said the Father does it. And the Father does this for the Son on his right hand. Watch this, Son. Come, child. I'm going to give you to my Son. And they believe. They trust in Christ. And I see the Father look at his Son. See, Son, I told you when you gave your life as a guilt offering, I would give you a royal seed that I would give you as the reward of your death. Here's another one. And they're over here saying, I take you, Jesus, to be my Savior. They'd like nothing to it. But the Father said, I brought him. And I introduced him to my son. Meet my son, Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he marvelous in his death, in his humility, in his ascension? Isn't he, isn't he everything I told you he was? I sent prophets to tell about him. I sent the Spirit 
who does nothing in this world but promote his son and restrain evil until the last day. But my son is being promoted by the Spirit throughout the world. He's convicting of sin and of judgment and righteousness. My Spirit is working to rent the veil. But I, the Father, initiate this. I would like to give you, imagine, tonight I'm giving you to my son forever. They're your son. And the son says, well, Father... I want you to help me take care of them. I'm going to put my hand under them. You put your hand over them so nobody plucks them away from me. I'll do it, son. You and I are one. Something intimately is going on between the members of the Trinity about you. They have conversations about you. Did you know the Father and the Son discuss you? You don't don't believe this, I could tell. They do. They've talked about you. They know you. They discuss you. They've numbered the hair on your head. Determined the day of your birth. Determined the day you would be born again. Determined what sins they'd allow you to commit. And the ones they would put up with you for committing. You would have done a lot more had they not intervened. You don't even know it. You had done a lot more sinning. But for the grace of God. You're all rascals just like me. If we did all that we were built to do. We would paint this town red. But he and grace restrain. We could only go so far. We could only do so much. Why? The father says, I'm going to eventually give you to my son as a birthday gift. But it's not a birthday gift. It's a death gift. The gift for dying in their place. No man can come. Unless the Father draws you. If you're saved, I want you to grab yourself sometime from a mirror. God, you wanted me. God, you laid your hand on me. Paul said in Philippians 3, I'm not apprehended everything for which I was apprehended. He grabbed me in the seat of the pants on that Damascus road. I've laid hold of you, boy. I've apprehended you. I haven't got everything I want to get. But God laid hold of me and threw me in this outfit. I want to tell you, you're not going to hell because God intervened and the Father stooped to make you a gift to his son. And you came. And you thought it was your idea. Shoot, your idea was listening to little Richard boogieing and kissing on some girl. Your idea wasn't going to heaven. That was God's idea. Why I'm always liking to teach on salvation. You know why? I want to get saved again. Church work bores the daylights out of me sometimes because the saints don't want to hear this stuff. They want this. They want that. Oh, go wherever you want. I'm going to talk about this for eternity. How I became as close to the son as a bride. I can't imagine how he's going to kiss on us once we're next to him in the eternal state. Did you kiss your bride? Well, I don't think you did. She's that bad, huh? You men are going to have to explain when you get home. Do you think we're just going to get married? He's going to say, let's hold hands. Now, now, you know, the deepest love is never sexual with God. It's far deeper. That's why he says you won't need sex in eternity. There's something far deeper. But in this life, it's the epitome because it's the best we can do. But with the Trinity, who is love from eternity past. He's going to move into a relationship with the bride so deep, so far superior to sex, so far superior to sensuality, 
so far. So it'd be the kind of love that could invent the cross and think it's a great idea because love made them do it. We've not yet tasted except a little bit. But in eternity, we'll be bathed in this depth of love. Something far better than sensuality. The prayer of the son for his own. I uh, Look at John 17. We move to several things the son does. We're just talking about what keeps you while failing and stumbling as a believer in a fallen world. Dwight Pentecost of Dallas, this was his favorite chapter in the Bible. And he always read Dennis Rainsford's book, uh, Our Lord's Prayer. And it's a, it, it, every day it's a chapter on one verse of this chapter. And so he read, this is what Dwight Pentecost read every day for most of his ministry. The Lord's Prayer for his own. I told you the Lord prays for us. You know, he said, oh, come on. He didn't know. He just watches what we're doing. No, he prays for us. And did you know he prayed for you two centuries ago? Wait, 2,000 years ago. And uh, let's just look at his prayer. Do we dare? Look at verse 9. No, I'll pick up verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those who have, you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe, by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given, given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You notice he keeps praying, protect them, protect them. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. His beginning prayer life, at least we get to listen in on a divine prayer, the kinds of things Christ prays for his own. He prays for our protection. I've had several times in my life I was set up for sin. Sometimes I didn't even know it until I had escaped it of the plot. 
sometimes thousands of miles away. You can do a lot of sin on the road. Nobody's around. You can look at all the playboys you want at the airport. Nobody here. You won't see anybody. It's kind of interesting. Flying to Maui one time, and when I stepped off the plane, there the burrows were. Bill and Janine, I thought, good night. I bet I got to behave in Maui. We were just transferring. A lot of sin happens in airports. Nobody's there but God. Nobody's there but God. But I look back over the journey. Times people try to set me up. Times the enemy was setting me up to destroy me. And I wouldn't have given you 10 cents for my prayer life in those situations. Have you ever been so weak you couldn't pray yourself out of your problem? And to know that the Son of God was praying, protect them, protect them. You see, most of my deliverance has been through the prayers of another and not through my own. I have someone that prays for me daily. And you do too. His sheep have a high priest. Did you know it's interesting? The high priest only interceded for the nation he offered atonement for. We say Christ died for the world. Uh, He bought benefits for the world. But there's a sense in which he did things for his elect. He never did for the non-elect. One is, on the basis of his death, the high priest goes and intercedes. And what he intercedes in the Holy of Holies, in the Old Testament, he intercedes over the blood sacrifice that he just made for the 12 tribes. He didn't pray for the Philistines, didn't pray for the Assyrians, didn't pray for the Moabites, didn't pray for the Ammonites. He prayed for those he made the atonement for on that day, the nation of Israel. I must say this. No non-elect person's got John 17. Only the elect have it. We've got a praying high priest. He does not pray for the world, but he prays for you. And he prays that you'll be protected and kept. You're on his prayer list. It's overwhelming that you're on his prayer list. And he prays for you daily. Whatever protection you need, he prays for And then we end the continue. What he did back there, he says in Hebrews, on the basis of being a high priest, look what he does now. Verse 23, now there have been many priests of the, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely. King James says was the uttermost, but it's the idea to the point of completion. He is able to save completely to the point of completion those who come to God through him. And on what basis does he do it? His death? No, not here. His intercession, but he intercedes, as in the Old Testament, on the basis of the appropriate sacrifice has been made for Phil Howard's sin. I am going to intercede to you, Father, on the basis that I would die for that sinner 
I ask you for their protection. I ask you to deliver them from the evil one. And I plead the merits of my intervening death. I want to say this. When I say Jesus died for me today, it ain't like he died for Hitler. He died for me in a way he never died for Hitler. I'll tell you. I got Bible all over. He bought me. He didn't buy Hitler. He made me his own. He didn't just provide. He purchased a people. His elect. He purchased. I, it ain't just guesswork. If you want to keep it guesswork, help you. if you think that helps you do evangelism, better do it. Go. Go for it. Go. It never helped Spurgeon to do it better. Never helped Whitfield do it better. And it never helped Paul do it better. He wrote these books. He said, I endure all things that I might reach the elect God has in the earth that have yet to be saved. And I put up with all my persecutions and I endure them because I know there are people out there. He's going to make his sheep. He's going to draw. The greatest incentive to evangelism is to know a sovereign God has already determined he's going to save. And the means is let him hear the gospel. And the gospel is his power to save and deliver. Don't ever use the sovereignty of God as your excuse to do nothing. It was never used that way by the writers of the Bible. Oh, that we believed that he wants to save. Oh, that we believed that there are thousands right in West County yet to be saved. And whoever gets the gospel to them and believes God for them, God's going to save, whether it's you, a Pentecostal, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, anybody that gets the message there first, God's going to save them, and he won't save them with a lazy mouth church. I met a woman today, said, I got saved at Acts 4 Gospel in Oakland. I said, boy, thank God for Pastor Jackson, I believe. Amen. Wonderful. Get out there. Pound in the streets. Knocking on doors. And we're over here saying people won't get saved. If you don't believe they will, they won't. But God will do it through somebody else. Because nobody's going to go to hell because I'm too lazy to witness. God's got somebody. I want to be one of the somebodies, though. Oh, to be used of God. Though we can't save them. But to be an instrument, God said, if I knock on your door, would you share the gospel? Thank God that our evangelism teams are starting on Tuesday nights. And it's going to build and I hope go throughout this church. If we're not sharing the gospel, we don't deserve the gospel. But we get it anyway. You know why churches die? They want to die. They're too lazy to go birth any babies. Nobody wants to get pregnant. The folks that see people born. See, our church is set up just to die of attrition. Die of old age die on all these great truths and say, I got mine. I hope they get theirs. We grew up on a song, Somebody Prayed For Me. Anybody pray for you? Who prayed for you, David, when you were unsaved? His sister Hazel. Who prayed for me when I was unsaved? That black-headed girl right back there, our sister. She prayed us into the family of God. She made me go to church, junior church, when I didn't want to. If I heard Barney's barrel one more time, I was going to scream. I had it memorized. Man, out there running with those old hulubs and that cry during a junior church. Because, boy, she'd get you there. So I'm praying for you. Here in the bedroom next door, praying for me at night. You try to sin real good with a praying sister. Somebody prayed for you. This boy right here. You know what I saved? 
Besides, what God did, he had no daddy saying, son, your daddy got saved, had to go through misery, go through a divorce and pain to come to Jesus. I don't want my boys lost. Beg this boy to be saved. Nobody's going to get saved out of a church that doesn't care. And this stuff, if God cares as much, surely we could care that our loved ones are lost. They're perishing. And they need to hear good news. Don't give up telling this good news. For God in a moment will say, come, come. And he who could not come will find strength in his legs like the man at the pool of Bethesda. He said, I've been waiting for an angel to move it. And Jesus says, you don't need an angel. You can't get in the pool. I brought the pool to you. You're meeting the resurrection and the life. Boy, get up. Healed. I would that God would set us on fire before the next calamity and before men plunge into hell. I hope this church goes on record. We care enough to weep. We care enough to go. And we care enough that we won't set on truth and get big heads, but we'll get big hearts and running eyes and a heart to reach West County for Jesus. Can anybody agree and do it? We ought to be running 3,000 folks if we tell everybody. I really believe that. I never told you this in my life. I said a church at 36 and now in Bakersfield, California in 1968. And God said, start a church someday and I'll give you 3,000 people. I've just started praying. Lord, was that just a pizza dream? Is that real? And if it is real, I'm getting older and quicker than I want. Where are they? All we got to do is start sharing. We got the best news in town. We got some of the friendliest people in town. You're a wonderful congregation. I said you're a wonderful group. After I've been calling you sinners all night, you're a wonderful bunch of sinners. You're a wonderful bunch of sinners. You're saved. We've got to get the good news out. Will anybody help me tell sinners God loves them? Don't worry about if God's chosen. That's none of our business. He'll show you, and all of a sudden you'll be here and crying in the maternity ward. Ah, ah, watch out. Another got born. Old man, we're going to have to change your diapers, train them how to give, train them how to live for God, how to talk different, walk. We can do it. God trained you. God's put up with us. Why not get a new generation for him to put up with? I want to see people saved. This stuff makes me want to evangelize because God is going to give his son. Every person he promised is going to be saved on the very day God appointed. But some human messenger is going to be sharing it with a seven-year-old, his, uh, Mrs. Johnson. How, see, I, I know Mrs. Johnson just from him. So I, I was this ornery little boy, but Mrs. Johnson got it through to me, seven years old. Some of you sitting around, I don't know what Jesus wants me to do, but he doesn't want you to do what you're doing. He wants you to start smiling and get contagious for God. You know, these two guys were trying to get people in the rescue mission in Houston. Bob Thiem tells a story that, and the guy said, come in here, there's eternal salvation. Come in. And the guy said, will there be more of people like you inside? He said, I think so. He said, no, man, i got enough problems. Are you, do you possess that life, that sheep, that voice? Isn't it wonderful to know him? That if it all ends tonight, if it all ends tonight, blow us up, Russia, if you want. 
It won't matter to this bunch. We are already signed up for another country. They quit. That's where Jesus said, quit being afraid of men that threaten your life. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. You only got time to fear one, and that is the true and living God. And this is Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. Have you found encouragement as you have studied God's Word with us here on the broadcast? We'd love to hear from you, whether it's a phone call, a quick email off of our website, or if you take pen to paper and send along a note, it would mean a great deal to us. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. And again, an encouraging word as to how the broadcast ministers to you would be wonderful. If you have a prayer request, maybe you have a question that was sparked by today's program, feel free to contact us again at 855 833-9864. If you'd like to write to us, the address is truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email from that website or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. One other note as we close out our time together today. Guys, you're invited to join us for our Valley Bible Church Men's Conference, March 17th and 18th, Walking to Win. Are you walking worthy of your calling? This is taken from Ephesians chapter 4. And again, you're more than welcome to join us. For details and information, simply go to our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. One other note as we let you go today, we have a matching grant. A generous donor to the ministry has set up a matching grant through the end of March. So dollar for dollar, any support you send our way, not only is tax deductible, but will be matched dollar for dollar through the end of March. Would you please consider that as you contact us here at Truth For Today? Again, you can reach us at 855 833 9864 or donate online org, and then come back and join us next week for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.